Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special edition as we're going to run this out in syndication today. All the Mike Velarde shows we've been doing, throw them all into one show because this is it. The election day is soon upon us. We need to make it that kind of show today. So I'm excited to welcome the program first. Mike Velarde, it's a Mike Velarde show, you know, and really we're going to put this out. Neil Haley show just today because as everything as we do syndicate the Mike Velarde show, we're going to put it all out as one day of political talk because it is such an important day on Tuesday, isn't it, Mike? Oh, it certainly is. It's do or die, no question about it. And and I'm I'm honored to have as our guest Ed Lynch, who's a political pundit and uh, very astute when it comes to politics. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, so Ed. We are talking about the two biggest ones, the big ones, Georgia and Pennsylvania. Do you feel better about Pennsylvania now? Well, I mean, Oz is a terrible candidate. He's always been a terrible candidate. The reason being anyone that's not destroying Fetterman right now really has got to kind of suck. So (laughs) Oz has spent a ton of money and he's closed the gap. I think the debate actually helped. Uh, Oz a ton. So I'm feeling better about Pennsylvania. I think that we're going to have a a nice surprise there. And then, of course, Georgia, Walker's closing in, which, again, another terrible candidate. Trump backed both of them because they have celebrity and Trump loves celebrity. And so he just backed the wrong horses in this one. And they're trying to make um, Walker a good candidate. Walker's not. I mean, you know, I love NFL guys, you know, as much as anyone, probably more so than anyone. But, um, you know, he he's dumb like a bag of freaking hammers every time he opens his mouth. And, and but see, the thing that you have to think about, this is what I'm telling you. Trump knows what he's doing. Celebrity sells. You can literally have somebody come in with no, as a undecided and say, I know Herschel Walker. I know the name. Click. I know Dr. Oz. Boom. They're not informed voters. They just say, I just went to vote and they hit it. So that's the thing. Brand means something, Mike, right? Brand oh. means something when people that are not understanding the, the issues don't even understand the parties, are not politically affiliated, have not been pushed to one side or the other. They're going to vote based on celebrity, in my opinion. Well, that's where name recognition is important. That's why it costs so much to run a political campaign so you can get your name out there. But like Ed said, that doesn't make them good candidates just because they have celebrity. I mean, certainly when I ran against Loomer, she had celebrity. She's the horrible candidate, absolutely the pits. Yeah, and yeah so- I think that's what you run into is, is look, celebrity works in the very beginning. Name recognition is huge. Most people vote, especially for judges. There's, there's a judge here in Palm Beach County who won after three attempts. And the only reason being, and, and, my, and, and my advice to him was leave your signs up as long as possible. People don't know anything about judges. Eventually, they'll think that you're the incumbent and they'll vote for you anyway because they recognize your name. And so the name recognition works in the very beginning, just like Sarah Palin, great pick for maybe two weeks. And then, you know, by golly, she started doing all of her kitschy stuff and she became a terrible candidate and she actually um, hurt McCain more than helped him. So the celebrity works only for a limited amount of time. And then that's it. And that's where we are now. But we've surpassed that because, I mean, when you got Warnock, Warnock is 
the epitome of hypocrisy. Forget the fact that that, uh, you know, Walker goes out there and I don't know, he knocked up a couple chicks and he's got, uh, you know, he paid for abortions or whatever after he said he's the most pro-life guy ever. You got Warnock, who's a reverend. I mean, if anyone is supposed to be pro-life, it's a reverend. It's kind of in that, you know, the, their their book that they're guided by, that Bible thingy. And so here's a guy talking about, you know, the Dobbs decision and how it was wrong and everything else. So, you know, I, I think that we're going to have a good chance there. And Fetterman, I mean, just wrong on crime, wrong on putting two sentences together, wrong on experience, living in mommy's basement. I mean, horrible, horrible candidate. I mean, I you know, I call him Uncle Fetterman or Uncle Fester. It's just a terrible, terrible candidate. So those races are still going to come down to it. But the surprise. And if you want to forget all the polls. Polls are, they are what they are. You see, Margie, anytime you get a poll with less than 1,200 respondents and a margin of error that's over 3.0, it's a garbage poll. It's literally, well, I asked the people in my house and here's what they said. Terrible poll. So forget the polls. You want to see their truth, what's really going on and the truth about it? Look where the parties are dumping money right now. New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a slam dunk for Democrats, slam dunk. But Sununu, who came out and said that uh, retired Brigadier General Don uh, Balduck was, uh, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Pops, conspiracy theorist guy and everything else. Sununu came out and backed him now. And so now Maggie Hassan, who's who's the incumbent, is in a battle for her life. That's huge. And some of the polls even have Balduck ahead. You got Mark Kelly. That's a flip. With with Masters. Masters, another terrible candidate. He can't get out of his own damn way. And then you've got uh, Nevada, which is a flip. So every flip is two points. So the only one that's a flip right now for for Democrats is Pennsylvania, because that's a Republican seat that's that's open right now. So if that that's the only potential for a Democrat flip. Whereas we've got, you know, a good four or five other seats that are potential for Republican flips. So and that's changed. And then it sounds like that from a couple of weeks when we talked, it's changed. Yeah, no, no. And, and, you know, like I always say, politics is one of these things where, you know, people are like, oh, we've got two weeks to the election. You should be able to tell something. Look, two weeks is eternity in politics. I mean, you know, all you need is one uh 9-11 incident, knock on wood, hopefully we never have one again. All you need is one um, chick to come out and say she was knocked up by somebody, you know, a third one to come out for Walker right before, a couple days before. So right now, today is going to be the day that if a big shocker comes out, it'll come out today. Now, the problem with it, it should have come out yesterday because we're going to head right into the weekend. And if you ever notice when they want to dump bad news on us, they always dump it on a Friday. Because the the press cycle doesn't it, it's three days. Normally, it's not a three day cycle on a Friday. Friday, it goes away. So it'll have to be put out on Friday and then come back out on Monday. So, I mean, we're pretty much where we're where we're going to be going into Election Day right now. Mike, your thoughts. You know, I, I just wanted to comment on, on the New York race, too, because there's an article in today's post. This is the New York Post today. Um, the. Hoko Lee, the, the, the governor up there, took in over $300,000 from a company she gave $637 million to in a no-contract bid 
for the highest COVID test in the, in the nation. So obviously it's a pay for play deal and they're publicizing it today. And I got to say, I think she's one of the worst candidates I've seen in a long time. It, it, it took her until now to even acknowledge the crime issue. And this is another, this poor lady got killed, shouldn't have happened, but based on some of the law that she passed, allowed this guy out to kill her. And I think Zeldin has a good chance to pull that off in New York, and he should, because she hasn't been able to tell anybody what she's done right. Now, some governor races are close. What about Texas? Is there a chance that Abbott could lose? Did you see the TikTok video that Beto O'Rourke did? Uh-uh. He's there. I'm just TikTok. saying that there's a lot of people who came to Texas from California that could change it. He's another horrible candidate. Here he is, a trust fund baby. Hasn't won an election in years. And he makes an idiot out of himself. He, oh, he wakes cool. up and makes an idiot out of himself. But Abbott's, I mean, Texas has done well under Abbott. It's just like, you know, thinking that Charlie's got a chance. Uh, Charlie Chris has got a chance against um, Ron here in Florida. It's, it's impossible. So right. Abbott's is not going to be an issue. I mean, look, D's vote D no matter what. But there's that that middle group that votes kind of with their head, kind of with their heart, but not enough with either one, but enough where it, they make the deciding factors as far as who's going to win an election. It's always that middle 10 to 20 percent. Hard D's are going to vote for Beto or anyone else you put up. Hard R's are going to vote for whatever, you know, Abbott or anyone else that's running as an R. And it's that middle 10 to 20 percent that determines every single election cycle, period. That's just the way that it is i mean you, you know you, you're here in south florida jewish people will go out and they will vote d no matter what happens because fdr gave their grandmother a loaf of bread i mean that's the deal there is no if ands or buts about it the only time and i and i say this often but the only time in history that that has changed significantly was in 2016 the bernie supporters would not come out and support hillary and because of that that's the only reason that Trump won. Trump didn't win because he was a great guy or great candidate or had great ideas or great plans or any of that. Trump won only because Hillary lost, which, by the way, that election made Hillary one of the largest election deniers. So all the hypocrites that want to come out there and start talking about, well, you know, conspiracy theory, election deniers and all this other crap. It's garbage. Hillary said when you have a perfect candidate who can run a perfect race and then have an election stolen from her, you got um, free buffet in Georgia running for governor. I mean, this woman, not for nothing. And I do make fun of her because she's an idiot. But the truth of the matter is she said she won her election. She still has not admitted that she lost the election. And then you've got guys like Ted Lou that came out and said, hey, not for nothing in 2018. Because everyone said that the the voting equipment was rigged. And by everyone, I mean Democrats. Democrats came out and you, you can play the clips all over the place. But Ted Lieu was the smartest guy of the bunch because he said, if you want to affect an election and you want to cheat in an election, you don't have to have massive cheating. You just need one or two swing states and in those states, one or two counties. This is Ted Lieu in 2018 before anything. So when we talk about the election deniers, let's let's forego all of this stuff with stuffed ballots and all of this other crap. Let's go and look at where it has been 100 percent 
irrevocably, unequivocally, one million percent admitted to that the FBI and social media work together to make sure that the information about Hunter Biden and the information about Ashley Biden and Ukraine and Russia and everything else did not come out in such a way to be detrimental to to Biden's campaign. A hundred percent with with the, with his his brother, the whole deal. And when you have 15 to 17 percent of of the electorate the, the, that voted for Democrats, voted for Joe Biden, they come out and they say, I would never have voted for him had I known the truth about Hunter Biden. Had I known the truth about this no sick, demented pervert having inappropriate showers with his daughter. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. I don't care I, if it was a Republican. I'd say the same damn thing. And they said I would have not voted for him. That's election interference unequivocally admitted to by the FBI, admitted to by Zuckerberg who under testimony in front of Congress, under sworn testimony, said, nah, man, they told me. they The FBI came to me and said, don't put this stuff out. It's Russian disinformation. When the FBI, it's come out, knew unequivocally, not only that it was not disinformation, but they were paying the guy, uh, Danchenko. They were paying him to... Give this to, to to give the steel dossier, and then they were going to pay the the guy who wrote the steel dossier a million dollars if he could prove <laughs> the right. stuff. Bless you, if he could prove what was in it was correct. That is election interference by the federal government for one candidate over another candidate, a million percent. And so I don't want to hear about all the crap about election deniers and all this other garbage. It's all garbage. And it's so funny. The guys usually screaming the loudest are the ones most guilty of what they're screaming about. Can you imagine what it would be if an illegal immigrant, if an illegal immigrant went in and 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 did to Pelosi what was done to Pelosi? Oh, wait. An illegal immigrant did do that. And right. what do we hear about his legal status, about being an immigrant here? We hear he's a nudist, a professional nudist. What the hell is a professional nudist? Right. I'm a professional nudist every time I take a shower. I mean, right. what what the hell is that? And and we hear nothing about the fact that this guy is an illegal immigrant. I mean, the, the, the hypocrisy and the double standard in politics is is simply put there to but divide it's because us. Because of power, Mike. It's because of power. Yeah, power and money. money power and money. You got it right. Power and money, and guess what? Anyone has a price, as the million dollar man said back in the day in WWF. Remember, million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Everyone has a price, and truly, everyone does have a price. And yeah. what is that price? And a lot of people are being coming Democrats running for elections for power and know that it's not going to benefit their community. It's not going to benefit them as a people and, but they're going to get paid. So who gives a shit? That's true. Don't you think it's odd that no, no video cam. I mean, they had the, the, the cops had uh, you know, video cam on and it's not being released to the public. 
Well, Secret Service did. The Capitol Police did. That's kind of their job is to have under surveillance the homes of people that they are they are charged to protect. And so Pelosi's home, you know, and again, it's not rocket science here. Maybe Paul Pelosi doesn't have a Secret Service detail, but the Pelosi household, 100 percent is under surveillance constantly to make sure that when she gets home, there's no bomb there. When she gets home, there's no one in the house. When she gets home, because she does have a Secret Service detail. And part of that detail is to make sure that where she's going to and from is 100% secure. So when when we say there was no evidence of it, of, 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 you know, the, the video, there's a video of it. Trust me. I guarantee there's video of it because that's their J-O-B to have it. You notice how quickly that became a federal case? Instantly, that's a federal case. Why? Because all of the evidence is now under the control of the Department of Justice. Remember, if they, if they bring up that they weren't, that it was based on specific laws and certain reasons why that happened, if the truth came out, it would hurt them in the election coming up in a couple of days. So anything that's going to hurt you're going to cover up and the money is to cover up things are very. So if you ever try to go to war with the most powerful people in the world, that is well not because it'll ruin you. And that's the thing that you basically, once you get in politics, I'm here to make change, make change. So you get that person says, I'm going to kill your family and everyone. If you don't, or, Hey, I got a certain amount of money. Change is the second most used and successful slogan in politics and it's used not just this is this will kill you not just by those who are not incumbents it is also used by incumbents and think about that you have an incumbent saying change well change okay we'll get rid of you but no no no, no, no. so but that is the second most successful slogan in all of politics the first being of course re-elect if you right. could say re-elect you've got a 94 to 97 percent chance of getting um you know re-elected oh okay so again we're having an unbelievable conversation on the mike velarde show and finally we don't have two people in ed lynch and mike velarde that literally are going to take the republicans and say we love you we love you everything about you we just don't like what a lot the democrats because the bottom line is ladies and gentlemen Yes, there are policies that people that you shouldn't like about Republicans. And yes, there are definite policies you shouldn't like about Democrats. But the bottom line is what's going to be best for your family. And, you know, they, you could bring out your, your your religious tone. You could bring out different things. But ultimately, what's going to benefit you more? Freedom. What's going to benefit you more? More money in your pockets. Yeah, they think they if the government was good, if the government did right, sure, I'd give 70% of my paycheck. If I knew that all the services were way better than going to the private sector, that's BS. It doesn't. The government's broken. It doesn't work. Bottom line. And the people that say it works are getting paid a lot more and are not using government for it. Yeah. I mean, think about this. They're going to spend millions of dollars for a job that pays them $174,900 a year. Is that common sense? That they're yeah. making more. What's the Senate what? races? Oh, another 30 million poured into here. Another 60 million poured into there for a job that pays one cent. You've got Dr. Oz pouring tens of millions of his own dollars into it. So it's either done for power, for ego, mostly for ego, or for money, which they get a bunch of money when they're in control. I mean, Nancy Pelosi still will not let the House vote, which, by the way, Kevin McCarthy will not either when he's Speaker, but still will not let the House vote on insider trading for, for, for a congressman.
Right. Well, because you know the whole thing. It's ridiculous. What, how much money they are they worth after they leave? So here's the thing. It's like you want to be successful in life. Go run for politics. If you have the right look, the right ideas, and you can speak, go run for politics because you can make a lot of money. So we yeah. should talk about American greed. Let's talk about politics in American greed. Because here's the thing. The success of people in life, and this means financial success, is who you know. If you don't know people, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to have the level to get to the level that you are. So it's really an unfair system. And it's a fair system in a way saying, well, okay, how do I you know, keep my enemies close? Whatever is said. So the bottom line is if people are so crazy and hell-bent about, I hate that Democrat. I can't talk to them ever again. You really are clueless. It's not the Democrats or the Republicans. It's all based on power. Yeah, and and it's about it's about separating us. They're they're doing it, and they're having to do it more and more and, and more, more severely as we go on. And so now, you know, and and I've said this a million times before, but you know, when nine eleven happened, there was not one Democrat flag, there was not one Republican flag, they were American flags. And right now, the nine eleven event, and 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 it's not a nine eleven event, you know, as far as people getting killed and things like that. But what's happening right now with our economy? with with immigra- illegal immigration, with fentanyl coming over and killing more people than COVID. I mean, when you've got when you got the bull crap that came out about COVID and now we're seeing they're not even reporting the number of deaths due to cardiac events when the when the uh, when the Florida comes out with the Department of Health and says, OK, we can't in good conscience suggest that people, men between the ages of 18 and 39, get uh, get the vaccine and or get a booster be, and or get a booster because the the incidence of having a cardiac event within the first 60 days is up 84 percent. So why but don't telling but the truth. But remember, that's called disinformation. So that's why I can never have a Mike Velarde show on my YouTube channel or I'm going to get killed out of there completely. Yeah, it's but the thing fair. is, that's not even disinformation. Now, that that's no. not even misinformation. Yeah, but trust me, things Mike and I said, they came back on YouTube and said it's disinformation. And I got... Yeah. Well, I got, they do I it all the spray. time, yeah. So yeah, yeah, when well, you, there you go. So when you look at what just happened with Biden's speech, I mean, yeah. you want to talk about... So normally someone's going to come in and he's been touting, hey, look, when I took office, gas was five bucks a gallon. Okay, liar. You know, I did take a shower with my daughter. Okay, liar. You know, I when when he did not say that he did not say it was five dollars. Yes, he did. He said when he came in office, it was five dollars a gallon. And look how much it's gone down. He did not say that. Yes, he did. did. Yeah. if I could figure out how to play the clip, I'd play the clip for you. <laughs> right. Total yeah. lie, but that's what he said. Yeah, it's, it was actually two dollars and thirty-eight cents a gallon, but he said it was five. He lies about everything. Yeah, Look how he lied about about the democracy. If if, if we're going to lose the democracy, unless you vote Democrat. Well, that's okay, so I got. I got to see the tape. I got to see the tape because of, when you look so, okay, at, so Ed, you look what at about his... the conspiracists? You think they're killing? the chances of the Republicans winning the conspiracists, My, the real conspiracies that there's no truth to certain things. They're just a little bit of falsehood. Are well, the conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, theorists yes. the, the, the people that just make things up, the QAnon guys. Yeah. But, you know, what people fail to understand, and as you mentioned before, is that there are people who conspire to do things that are in their best interest versus the best interest of their constituents 
because of power, because of money and whatever. It, it, it's true. And so their goal is to stay in power. You know, so you know, how many Republicans and, and, and even other Democrats, they run on term limits. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have term limits. You know how many vote for term limits? There's never been a vote bought up on term limits, zero people. So when you got Biden's final speech to the nation, he gets out there, makes two speeches to the nation, and he can't talk about gas prices or immigration or, you know, oil prices overseas or world economics or world peace or anything. He can't talk about anything. What was his entire speech about? Did he talk about inflation? Didn't even mention inflation. Didn't mention food prices. Didn't mention diaper prices. Didn't mention anything except an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Democracy is on the ballot in this election. As I stand here today, okay. there are candidates running for every level of office in America. And, and they right, will and not I'm jump to you. I'm going I'm to stop you right now. Here's my point. Yeah. This is where Democrats or uninformed in the middle say that Republicans are do not believe in democracy. Define that at one, in like one and a half minutes because we're running out of time. And Mike Flaherty, do Republicans believe in democracy? Uh, of course they do, which is why Trump complained about the election right. because we believe in true democracy. Now, now here's the thing where it gets confusing. So why there's is democracy between Democrat? Go ahead. Go, there's just... a difference between democracy, pure mob rule, and a democratic constitutional republic which is what we have in our country and they want to keep pushing the narrative the democrats do because it sounds like their name so they want to keep pushing that we need democracy no we don't we have an electoral college for a reason so that people are represented that are not just going to be the mob i mean you know and then the the funny part is when we're talking about democracy biden in his speech said you know what it, democracy is under attack because the defeated president uh, will not admit except the will of the people. So here they're saying he says that in one word, in one sentence. But then the next sentence says, but these guys, they're they're not they're just a squeaky wheel. There's not enough of them, which is it. I mean, they, they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth constantly. We are a democratic constitutional republic period we are the greatest experiment politically that's ever happened on the face of the wow. earth and we're not going to lose it in this election because people are getting pissed off okay they we'll find that out we're gonna find that out as we'll have you back in the, probably next week okay last thing mike you define democracy for me because the democrats want to use democracy define it for me go listen here's what the democrats do they tell you one thing and do the exact opposite. It's almost impossible in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for Joe Biden to have gotten 242,000 mail-in ballots in a row with no down ballot. And they want us to say that didn't happen. And that all you have to do is send out investigators to go find out where those people live. And guess what? You find that a lot of them were either dead or living somewhere else. We didn't do those ballots. Somebody else did. They want to steal this election just like they stole the last one. All right. So MikeVillardiBooks.com, WinningTaxSolutions.com. Ed, your podcast available everywhere. Tell me again. Go. It's the primal truth. So we're on everything. All right. Appreciate it, Ed. Let's see what we're going to find out on November 11th, meaning we're going to find out November 11th. We're going to know. May, if, maybe. 
Maybe Biden right? did come out and say, we're not going to know the outcome of some of these elections for possibly weeks or months. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, he's setting us up now. Okay. So, okay. So we'll, we'll see. All right, guys, take care. All, All right. right. That was the Mike Velarde show, guys. Take care. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and growing older with enthusiasm with our host, Dr. Ron Kaiser. Dr. Ron, how are you? And, you know, we've been hearing these stories of how we're helping older adults, these people and services that are just blow us away of things that will make older adults not stress, get healthier and, and live a better and live a great life. Their final remaining years, there are going to be a lot of years. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions is your last quarter can be a very long quarter, couldn't it? Absolutely. First of all, it's good to be with you again, Neil, really looking forward to this conversation because it's part of uh, our programming that we haven't talked about very much yet. So our guest today is Alan Porter from Strategic Wealth Strategies. He is the financial guru in so many ways. I say I've learned things from a show I do, Strategic Wealth Strategies, with him. But I've learned so much when it comes to how to save money on your taxes for retirement and not pay Uncle Sam, but take care of yourself in retirement for all the hard work you do by you know, contributing and finding the right programs. And he's a guru that shows a different way. Isn't that true, Alan? I appreciate you stopping by and uh, coming on Growing Older with Enthusiasm. Sure. I mean, there's there's so many things that people don't don't understand. And, and Ron, I, I got into this business approximately uh, 12 years ago as a financial advisor. I retired from the Army back in 1993. I was a Blackhawk instructor pilot. And I tell people I had a safe landing for every takeoff. And I dodged all bulls, had a great career. But I loved it. I had a passion for what I do. Um, and I never had a passion for anything until I became a financial advisor. And the reason is because I had some tragic things happen to my family. My son became 100% disabled. His wife died at 39 of pancreatic cancer. My daughter just recovered from uh, a breast cancer. And I just had to put my brother uh, last this last spring into a nursing home. He's five years older than me and suffering from Alzheimer's. But I'm very passionate about what I do. I, I educate people. I'm outside the conventional financial planner because I, I tell people to think outside the box. There is so much for people that they do not know. And one of the things that that uh, I know for people in retirement, I'm 69, uh, people in retirement, they are, and it's a, it's a proven fact, they live a healthier life if they have guaranteed income. And I show them how to have guaranteed income for the rest of their life, the rest of their spouse life, and all kinds of things. And other than that, and saving taxes. Because taxes just on Social Security and means testing for Medicare Part B is, is thousands of dollars per year. And people just can't afford it in retirement. Well, absolutely. I know that that's a major problem. I think one of the problems is that uh, most of us grew up thinking we weren't going to live as long as as we wound up living and you know for example i'm 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 85 i know that uh uh the last time that uh i, I had term insurance and then the last time that it was up for renewal i think yeah. it would have cost more per month than than it was costing for a year so it became prohibitive but i obviously didn't do uh didn't didn't do the best possible thing or my wife would have been a whole lot wealthier if I died before her uh, a few yeah. years ago. But I'm wondering uh, just generally when when should people start thinking about this and when is it too late to be able to use your services? Well, it, it's it's never too late. I've got a, a client today 
uh, this evening. And uh, he's introduced to me by, uh, by a friend of mine. And he's 69 or 65 years old. And I'm showing him how to take his portfolio. He has approximately $750,000. In fact, I just did, a, Neil and I did a podcast on this last week. How to retire like a millionaire with two-thirds of your assets. And I'll give you a perfect example real quick. Real quick. Let's say that you have a million-dollar stock portfolio at a 4% distribution rate. That's $40,000 a year. And that used to be a reliable figure to, to last till age of 90. That's what conventional financial planners are, are telling people. Well, you've got a, a 60, 60 to 70% chance of that failing. And now who's going to get on a plane with a 30 or 40% chance of failing? Nobody. But that, that figure now is down to 2.8%. But if you have a stock portfolio that goes up 6% net of fees at 6% compounding for five years, that million dollars is worth excuse me, $1,388,000 or something. Mm -hmm. Now, at 4% distribution rate, that's 53,007, I believe. But if you have that this into a fixed or fixed indexed annuity with just no increase in the, in the interest uh, of the over the five years, you just have guarantees of that annuity, that figure would be $81,989. And that's guaranteed income you can have for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and the reason they do this is because of mortality credits. Mortality credits are manufactured by insurance companies only. You cannot do it with a uh, stock and bond portfolio. Mm -hmm. You cannot do it with a real estate. You cannot do it with a savings account. Insurance companies, uh, which are the highest regulated industry out there today, are the only ones that have mortality credits. You're covered if you die too soon with life insurance, but if you live too long with fixed and fixed indexed annuities that give you guaranteed income for life. Well, just so that we totally understand, for those of us who aren't in the uh, insurance or financial planning industry, what is what is an annuity? Well, people say, well, I don't like annuities. I said, well, do you, do you receive a pension? Do you like your Social Security? Well, yeah. Well, they're annuities. I mean, it's just like when people win a, win a lottery. It's not given to you. It, it'll, it'll be annuitized. And it, it basically, annuity is, is guaranteed income. And you've got to have guaranteed income just to pay for the basics in life. And this was taught to me by Tom Hegner, one of the uh, great PBS speaker. Uh, he's written several books. I do joint webinars with him. But to, like I said, it's been proven if you have uh, guaranteed income, you live a more helpful, I mean, more healthy and less stressful life because you don't have to worry about the ups and downs of the market. Think about people that just have money in their stock market right now. They're pulling their hair out. Some of them lost 20%. Some of them with these big tech companies have lost up to 89% of the value of, the, of their products. That's scary. It's real scary. Well, the other thing that, uh, you know, when, when Neil introduced you said uh, about saving taxes and uh, not exactly sure how that happens. What, what can, how can you help us save taxes? Well, today, we're in the lowest tax bracket we've been in about 70 years. And I'm going to give you a real quick Reader's Digest version. Right now, people in the 12% tax bracket, if they do not do anything different with our tax laws, people in the 12% tax bracket are going to 25% tax bracket. And that's January, January 1st, 2026. Very few CPAs tell their clients about this because maybe they don't even know. But here's the thing. If I can get your, your assets 
and convert them into a Roth or convert them to uh, cash value life insurance, which cash value life insurance grows tax deferred. You get your money uh, tax free from distributions. It does not affect taxation of Social Security or the means testing for Medicare Part B. And a real quick Reader's Digest version, if you are married age 65 and make $44,000 a year of outside provisional income, such as a pension, uh, stock portfolio, real estate rentals or whatever, and get $3,000 a month in Social Security, 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxed. And what that does, uh, doctor, it puts you in the 12% minimum tax bracket, 10.16 effective tax bracket. You're writing a check, provided taxes don't go up, for over $6,000 a year. And it also affects the means testing for Medicare Part B. Now, understand Medicare Part B, I'm retired military. One of the promises they made to me was I would never have to pay for my Medicare. I put 21 years of service into the country, uh, pay for my medical. So I had to file for Medicare at 65. But because of, and I have TRICARE for life with the military, but because of the means testing for Medicare Part B, I have to pay $6,000 a year for my health care. And I show people how to... Get away from that. Get get income that does not affect taxation of Social Security or the means testing for Medicare Part B. And cash value life insurance does that. And I I mean I've 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 got people that start cash value life insurance at age sixty five. I've got people that started it at fifty. If you can start it in your forties or thirties, that's absolutely excellent because you're the healthiest then. You're going to have the smallest premiums to build up that money for tax free retirement. It's it's an amazing product that we ought to be taught in high school, doctor, but it's not. And your financial planners and advisors, CPAs, attorneys are not going to tell you about it because number one, they're not educated on it. Number two, they're not licensed to sell it. Well, I'd always learned that uh, the best way to go about it is to buy term insurance and then invest the difference between that and, and life insurance. What it sounds like you're saying that's that's a fallacy. I'm wondering what's what's wrong with that idea. Well, see, well, first off, all all insurance is great. Okay, it protects the family, and both personally and professionally, my uh, number one priority is protection of the family and protection of their assets. But Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, they all spout out buy term and invest the difference. Personally, and people that are educated and have the everybody has their opinion. That's the worst advice I could ever give anybody. Now understand, term insurance is very cheap. Cash value life insurance is more expensive. But as you said, you try to get some insurance at a later age, it's astronomically high. But if you buy term insurance and pay the premium on it up until life expectancy, you'll have almost the same amount of money in a, in a uh, term life insurance policy as you do in a cash value policy. And let's say it's $1,000 starting out or $10,000 a year for a $500,000 death benefit. Well, if you live one day past life expectancy, there's no cash value in that term life insurance. And less than 2% of all term life insurance are ever paid out. But if you have a cash value life insurance policy, the debt benefit may be $1.5 million that you can use 90% of that for long-term care completely tax-free. And you may have eight or $900,000 in your cash value that you become your own bank. I show people how to become their own bank, pay themselves compound interest and not the financial institutions. Very, very interesting. Um, thank I you. wanted to jump for something now, Dr. Ron. Is it too late for Dr. Ron? He's 85 years old. I know you were thinking about that question, 
Uh, it's your birthday has come, right, Doctor Ron? You are now eighty-five. Oh, still a couple of weeks away. Okay, I always want to celebrate the eighty-fifth. It's it's a, such an exciting time, and this guy is has more energy sometimes than I do. I'm impressed by it, and I it's how I want to live at eighty-five. That's for and and look at Alan. You're Alan. You're sixty-nine, right, Alan? Right. And you are you, your energy level is unbelievable. But my question is: It too late for Doctor Ron? Any services or programs? For him, if he, with insurance and things like that at this point, or in, in savings and all that, especially well, he's going to live to probably 110, the way I see Ron, or yeah. he's going to figure out something. He'll be on the an astronaut at one point. The way this society and how we're we're biohacking everything. Well, it, it all depends on on uh, the rating the insurance company gives you. You know, at at uh, at, at your age, doctor, I, I can't tell you if you like. I put a hundred thousand dollars single pay into a policy. It, it may give you a hundred fifty thousand dollar death benefit. That is something we'd have to talk about, uh, submit it to the underwriters and see what they come up with. Uh, because when you get above 80, things change a whole lot. And uh, 85 is about the maximum of, of uh, availability for these, these products. But there's things, just like in your, in your if you have a stock portfolio or things, savings accounts or whatever, we can put you in these products that's going to give you guaranteed income. I don't care if you live to 120. Your accumulation value may run out of these in these products, but you'll never run out of money. And I can show you how to get them tax free. And that's one of the biggest things. I, I was one of the uh, founding members of the American Tax Planning Institute. We specialize in tax planning, tax savings, asset protection, business exit strategies, uh, charitable gifting, and estate planning. And some of, the, some of the things that I talk to people about, I said, when you sell your business, would you want to have a tax deduction? Or pay tax, pay capital gains tax on it. They all say, "Well, I want a tax deduction. How do you do that?" I said, "Well, there's several different ways." But these are the things. See, I treat my business like a doctor. I ask question after question, and I expect those questions answered. Because if I don't have those questions answered, and I've come up with some feasibility study or some financial plan, it would be malpractice on my part. So I have a team of people that I work with, uh, top CPAs, tax specific attorneys, and specialists in other in other fields of finance. That I collaborate, I collaborate with, and we come up with uh, strategic financial solutions for people's problems to include taxes and income. Well, this is certainly a different way of thinking than than I'm used to. So uh, it's a lot to absorb at one time. So I'm just oh, yeah. my only question is how do we find out more about this? How do we uh, get in touch with you? Or are there things online or? Uh, information that, that can help us sort some of this stuff out? Well, they can always call me at 910-551-1046. Again, that's 910-551-1046. You can also look up Strategic 12 Strategies on I am Alan Porter on LinkedIn. Uh, my email address is strategicwealth, the number zero, at gmail.com. Again, that's strategicwealth the number zero.com. Great. Great. And the finish up Dr. Ron, cause again, I could talk to Alan for hours and looking forward to, I'm going to be flying tonight and I'm going to definitely bring, uh, especially from an airplane mode, your book with me to read, especially one about business owners. It's Al Alan's able to save business owners. So you have a successful business and you're a successful practice because he really focuses on practices and doctors and everyone in the healthcare industry. That's his real niche, Alan, that he can, he's able to figure out ways for them to be able to 
keep more money and save more money. And the thing is the life products is what makes him different. What I've learned, Dr. Ron, from uh, Alan is Alan uses life products, which he's learned in this industry with other good financial products, which I've learned more and more about Alan, combine them together and create the right plan and want you to finally win. Um, one thing that Alan talks about, Ron, to finish up this is what I've learned is what happens if you retired in a specific year, you were ready to start receiving your money and your stock portfolio went down 50% because of the market. And what is that called, Alan, where there's certain years, if you were looking to take out and the market is low, especially. Okay, this is one thing that I, I find financial planners never tell their clients about. I think it's a fiduciary responsibility. It's called sequence returns risk. Let's say that you're retiring off your stock portfolio. And you got a loss in the market, and not, not necessarily 50%, but you got a loss in the market the first three years when you start to retire and compare that to the last three years of a 10-year period, uh, your, your uh, retirement is going to be decimated because you're taking money out of a depleting asset and not putting anything back in to make it regain. But if it's in the last three years of a 10-year period, you've got this, this money building for seven years instead of losing for three years and then building for seven years. It's a huge difference. Uh, there's so many things that people need to understand. It's not about uh, return of investment when it comes to retirement. It's about distribution of your assets. And I can show people how to take money from different buckets uh, of retirement income and say, okay, this is a down year in the market. We're not going to take any money out of that bucket of money. We can take it out of this annuity, or we can take it out of this cash value life insurance plan, or we can take it what they call the home equity conversion mortgage. This is one of the greatest financial vehicles available out there, and people are not educated on it. Uh, we've got over $9 trillion of home equity that just sits there, and it's not used. And this could be one of the greatest financial assets for people over 62 that's available out there, but they just need to be educated. Well, it sounds like your book is a, is a great place to start. So can you tell us uh, where we, the name of it again and where we can get it? Okay. My, my book is called Wealth. Wealth over tax, wealth beyond taxes, and you can get it on on uh, Amazon. But contact me, and I'll send it to you free. So that's a good way of uh, of saving some of your money. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but he, again, he saves. Uh, I mean, as I said, I'll be definitely working with Alan very very soon. I'm looking at you know putting my portfolio together. I'm turning fifty in January seventh, so both of us are hitting some pretty milestone ages. Uh, Doctor Ron, me fifty, you eighty five. And Alan at 1.70, it's just, again, we it's all about how we live life and how we love life. And I appreciate you coming on, Alan, to bring this information to the platform and especially to Dr. Ron's community, uh, especially growing older with enthusiasm and rejuvenating. Because without money, we're going to feel stress. And without having money to, to enjoy our retirement, especially the most money we possibly can get, that's the big thing. And he, if you go back into his podcast, Strategic Wealth Strategies, you're going to see he breaks it down in PowerPoints, which is information, Dr. Ron, that not many people can bring out because they're not licensed to do it. And Alan is. So I appreciate it. Thanks again, Alan. Thank and Dr. Ron, another great episode of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Thanks for right. All right. This was, a, this was a great growing older with enthusiasm, guys. Take care. We're back to Neil Haley's show. And my guest today is going to talk about specifically enough 
the stress out of healthcare, different things like that. Dr. Gail Matthews, Dr. Gail, thanks for stopping by. And you know, when you talk about your journey now to help people and speak, tell us that journey as an emergency room physician and deciding you're going to go and do something else. Tell me about that. Well, well, my journey, uh, uh, first of all, I'm a board certified emergency physician as well as an urgent care physician. And one thing I noted you, we ask every patient that comes in their medication list. And I noticed that I would say 70 to 80% were on some type of antidepressant, some type of blood pressure medicine, some type of medicine that they didn't need to be on. Uh, and because they had not taken control of their health. And so I decided to speak on stress and how to not go broke to restore your health when you can keep it for free. So in other words, there are so many things that you can do for free to keep your health and not go broke trying to get it back. So, you know, it's amazing, Dr. Gail. They just say, okay, get you on a medication, get you on this, get you on that. That's all you need. No, you know, yeah, for your age, you're okay. Don't do anything else. It's up to us as individuals Absolutely. to change things. Why is that the narrative? Oh, yeah, you got to lose a few pounds, but... Here's this blood pressure medication. Oh, you're going through stress and anxiety. Here's this medication. Oh, you know, you're, you're suffering through this. You know, well, then you're just not going to be able to do things anymore. Why do we allow healthcare professionals to tell us that stuff instead of coming up with a plan of action to get out of it? And I think that's because we haven't taken control of our own health. We rely on the physician to do that for us. And it all starts with your mindset. And actually knowing, I feel if you really knew uh, what stress could do to your body physically, mentally, and financially, it would allow you to take more control of your own life and your own health. So I do know what stress can do to my body uh, and how I've transformed my health in the last two years and then in the journey to continue as we go backwards a little bit on a couple of week vacation to that, getting back to that healthiness. Again, I ate healthy, but meaning one, I can't wait to get back in the gym again and work out. But the fact is that, yes, stress is gonna cause so many horrible things if you don't take control of your life in certain ways. So explain some of the things that people can do to decrease stress. Well, a lot, there are a lot of things. And the big thing that I talk about are the things that you can do for free uh, that does not cost Okay. Money. And one, we could start with just exercising. We could start with our nutrition, you know, eating right. Uh, we could start meditation, showing gratitude, uh, yoga, uh, uh, surrounding ourselves with positive people, things that cost absolutely nothing. Um, so that's what my book uh, chapter uh, emphasize the things that are free that you can start to do to uh, get your health back. I love that. It's fantastic. It's it's right there. You can do things for free to get your health. Those are the example is, oh, you know, you're going to have to do this and that, you know, healthcare is great, but you can have a certain healthcare plan, especially if you have to pay on your own healthcare. And if you know you're not going to make so many trips to the emergency room, you know you're not going to go to the doctors except the prescribed times to go to the doctors and your health is fine. If you take care of your health, you don't have to worry about it. And it's, the consequence of that, a lot of people don't know, the number one cause of, 
uh, bankruptcy is medical health bills. And if you keep going down that road on that treadmill and not taking care of your health before you know it, all of the money that you worked so hard to get on that conveyor belt, trying to reach that American dream, you're gonna turn around and spend all of the money that you've made trying to restore your health when in fact you could have kept it for free. All right, where can people find info on you, Gail? Where can they go? Just go to my .gail911 at gmail.com. All right, well, thanks, Gail. I really appreciate it. Great ideas, something to really think about. Are we really things we can do for free to take care of our health? Go figure. It was that simple. And you think you knew it all the time in the emergency room and you were educating people in the emergency room. Now you're going to educate people on as a speaker. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley show. And we'll be back in just a moment. Back to the Neil Haley show and the media giant effect. And I'm excited about my guest again, Nancy Bartlett. She's going to talk about silent voices, and it's really interesting. We're talking about World War II, New Mexico. What's new with silent voices? And then let's kind of delve into a little going deeper than we did in the first step. First time we I had you on a year ago. How are you, Nancy? Well, silent voices of World War II came out in 2005, and I've been revising it for several years. It's been a supplemental textbook in New Mexico schools. And now I'm tra- I'm revising it with new material that will go worldwide. And so much has happened since it came out. Uh, for instance, uh, Obama visited Hiroshima and, and Prime Minister Abe visited Honolulu, where Pearl Harbor uh, started World War II for America. But what we're, what is going on right now in Europe is a repeat of what happened uh, in World War II, it started. Germany invaded its neighbors. Yeah. Russia now is invading Ukraine uh, without provocation. And America, again, is sending material and, and, and goods over to Europe to help support it. And um, we're p- paying higher prices at the gas tank. And yeah. for goods and groceries, we're sacrificing so that... <laughs> Russia doesn't come over to our country, and yet there's a threat that people are getting excited about. And uh, so that's what I'm working on, and that's what I want to talk about. So it's interesting when you talk about this with the Ukraine and Russia. Or do you think this, if we don't help and Russia does defeat the Ukraine, that Russia is going to go after all of Europe? Is that your good, thought? Good, except there's NATO. There's NATO and there's pushback that wasn't there when they invaded Poland and Czechoslovakia in 39, etc. So if somehow somehow, uh, Ukraine becomes part of NATO, then Russia is going to get taken down from even with the Ukraine. Have you been hearing anything? I I would expect that. We've got Finland and Sweden that joined NATO recently and were accepted. And... uh, the people have been the people surrounding Ukraine are accepting their people who are escaping, mothers and children, grandparents, etc., are escaping because and being taken in because they know what happened to their grandparents when Hitler went into their countries, etc. 
So um, I also talk about the, the looking at how the resistance is in the Ukraine. American men who fought in World War II also resisted. Once the once the, the Japan started bombing various cities in the Pacific, all in the same day as Pearl Harbor, our our men uh, flocked to sign up, and we had Marines, we had Army people, we had Navy people. Um, uh, Manhattan Project brought in scientists from around the world, well, from Britain and uh, Canada, and then the Jewish emigres that were kicked out of Germany by virtue of being Jewish, but they were scientists that helped us win the war. And um, the Navajos helped us to win the war in the Pacific because of their unbroken code. And then the, the, the National Guard, New Mexico National Guard, defended the Philippines from being invaded, initially held them back for four months so they couldn't attack Australia because they had almost everything else but Australia. So I, I try to uh, explain what happened. There are so many serendipitous events and things that people can learn. And, and uh, we also I also talk about the men who came to America from Japan who made their livelihoods here but who were rounded up and brought to Santa Fe to an internment camp, uh, which was only for men because of their, by virtue of their professions, they were considered possible spies. And the irony is that they were brought from the Western coast and put right under the nose of the biggest secret of World War II, which was Los Alamos, <laughs> 35 miles away. And so I tell about those those things. I love history. It's like being a detective to find the facts and then share them. And history repeating itself, what you're seeing now. History is repeating itself. But we are some of us are a little smarter because we have the resistance and America, America is sacrificing. And I hope that the people who go vote understand why our prices are have increased that we're fighting a war again. We're, we're not, we haven't sent our men yet, like we did in World War II, to invade Normandy. But we, volunteers have gone over, but we're helping in many, many ways, uh, providing material, intelligence, whatever we can do to hold Russia back. And times have changed. Um, going in and picking off a, a, a country that doesn't have the defense to defend itself, to stay independent. That's changing. That's changed, I think, in the 80-some years since the war began. Absolutely. It's, wow. It's uh, a bu really interesting when you talk about these things. And the book, once it, so revising the book, when do you expect that to come out, the revision? I hope this spring. I hope this spring uh, I've given I've given a deadline to the uh, off the the men who are working on my cover, and um, and it it's just going to be a few things here and there in different chapters and photos and we'll put it together and that right. that's uh, I I I just can't hold people back anymore who want to buy the book it's needed and I see that now. 
And Nancy, where's that? It's going to be better. It's going to be better because I have postponed. Uh, it's really going to be better. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be. Uh, Nancy, where's the best place people can find information to learn more about you? Where can they go? Oh, www.nancybartlett.com. B-A-R-T-L-I-T. Awesome, Nancy. Pre appreciate it. And it's just really the, the story of how New Mexico was involved in World War II and how many heroes were involved in so many ways, silent voices of, from World War II.